I've been planning on moving to Bangalore, hopefully by the end of the year, and figured I'd get a head start on apartment hunting and choosing the ideal place to live in. If you're planning on doing this, definitely do not ask your friends for help. They have nothing productive to tell and nothing that you already didn't know. I'd ask, how's Indranagar, bro? And he'd say, yeah, bro, Indranagar is sexy, but traffic is horrible, bro. Oh yeah? Well, what about Koramangla? Bro, sexy area, bro. Very posh. But the traffic, bro, so horrible. Fraser Town? Yeah, bro, you should pakka go to Fraser Town. But I should warn you, bro, the traffic there is... Okay, how about Jayanagar? Best, bro. Best pakka, no doubt. But, bro, the traffic there. Okay, then how about, bro, traffic, bro. Bangalore only has a surplus of water still because everyone's too busy stuck in traffic to access any of it. Anyway, this wasn't even the brunt of it. Surpassing all of this, I did manage to find a few quaint places. But see, then came actually renting out these places. The rental system in our country is designed in such a way to make sure that you don't get an apartment. Everyone will want to rent out their spaces, but God forbid they actually rent it out to someone. Apartment renting for the youth of this country is terribly toughly tough. Like, clearly we're all criminals just because we aren't married or because we're just young. Like, uncle, you have balding, I am also balding, we are literally the same person, please give me apartment. And when you do find someone desperate enough to at least be willing to show you around their apartment, they'll start hounding you with all these arbitrary rules just to make himself feel good. It's like some power play. It's almost like you're causing them an inconvenience. Like, you're there to give them money. You'll be like, hi, yes, sir. I will pay you good, hard, hot, cold cash money on a monthly basis. And he'll be like, are what does this boy? Like, you'll meet him and he'll be like, oh, you want an apartment? Okay, come. <laughs> he'll take you to this poorly maintained, dilapidated wreck of a place and then... He'll start declaring his own version of the Ten Commandments. He'll begin. Thou shalt not smoke nor drink in the apartment, while standing in a room that clearly smells of sewage and mildew. Thou shalt not commit the sin of playing music at any hour of any day. Like, other uncles in the apartment nicely blast discreetly Gilma songs of their day and age, but as soon as you play some Anirudh, you're treated as hell spawn. He'll then be like, okay, so you have to be within premises by 9pm. You can only bathe using half a bucket of water max. You cannot cook non-veg. Don't even think about turning on the AC. You know what? Don't even come. Don't come only. I changed my mind. Being homeless is the new sexy. And I didn't want to pay 50k a month for your 1BHK anyway. It's not like there's no basis for the discomfort though. Guys are some of the most disgusting people I know. I say this knowing that guys make up 50% of the population. Anyway, like, see, we can walk into a bathroom, not bothering at all to flush. And while leaving, it's just like, hmm, do I, do I really need to wash my hands? Hmm. No, save water, save turtles, I'm a hero. You could go to a guy's place for dinner and once you parkour past all the mountains of alcohol bottles and scuttle through all the discarded empty kurkre packets, you'll finally make it to a room that probably once resembled a kitchen and dining area. But now it looks like a dystopian wasteland. You get two choices of seating arrangements, either a repurposed toilet that your buddy found on the street and was like, Parale, model the chair. Or you can sit on a pile of dirty laundry that is suspiciously pulsing. Which you'll later find out that there is a family of rats that have made it their home and heart. Despite all this, you'll still be hungry. So as long as you get your food, you're happy. Keep in mind, the guy who invited you won't wash his hands. But you get up to do so anyway. 
But see, you can't even access the tap. Once again, the reason why Bangalore still has some water left. You can't even access the tap because it's piled with dishes. You'll ask him, buddy, bro, what the, how long have these dishes been here? He'll just be like, Machan, you know how Pongal just came and went, no da, we had function at my place only and I used all the dishes I had. You'll be like, Machan, Machan, Pongal is two weeks from now da, and he's like, bitch, I'm stuttering or what? We used them last Pongal da. But what we lack in cleanliness, we make up for in driving skills. Like, have you seen these guys speeding through roads helmetless on their stolen KTMs? Yes, they're nuisances, but there's a certain grace to it all. Like, their agility is unmatched. They're weaving through traffic faster than those E1 F1 racers could even buckle their seatbelts. And if you notice, you'll see that the police never catches them, no matter how many traffic rules they're breaking. And a simple matter. It's because of the nambikai that the police have on them. They know that no matter how fast they're driving or how sharp of a turn they're making, nothing will happen. No accidents, no casualties. They'll move past with the swiftness and the grace of a fucking peacock. The most harm they'll do is give heart attacks to the more uh, geriatric passerbys. And I will look at it and I'll go into like fucking catatonic shock macha knowing that I can never reach their levels of coolness. But actually trying to reach that level of driving ability isn't that hard, theoretically. All you have to do is drive down streets like the one my house is in. See, I live in a street that resembles something out of a Kumbakonam brochure. It's filled with landmines. Landmines in Girat Kolangal or uh, Rangolis for my non-Tamar audience. The people of my street take immense pride in their Kolangal. Like... The aunties of the street and that one widower will wake up before I'd have gone to sleep only and they start their daily masterpieces. They'll claim a huge portion of the road in front of their house and that will be theirs until the end of time and everyone on the street will respect it. Like this reserved parking spot for their columns will be handed down generation by generation so unless the entire lineage of their family dies off, it cannot be claimed again. Their own cars only will be parked either streets away because how could they possibly compromise on column drawing space? Or they'll sacrifice the size of their own living rooms while building their houses only so that they can park their vehicles inside the compound and draw columns outside. After everyone's done with their morning ritual, you'll find that there's only a thin, snaking, zigzag pattern of empty road left that you can drive through. Cars can't come through the street only. And any bikers that come through absolutely need to be at the top of their game. If you so much as graze the edge of a column and the people living in that house catch you doing it, you're done for. It's like you caused a huge injustice to them, like you killed one of their family members. And they'll hand you the dabba of column powder, like kolamaga, and they'll force you to fix it, no matter how long it takes. This is why my area boasts either the best drivers or the most skilled artists. At least we could be smug knowing that I am drawing this column with unwashed hands after coming back from the bathroom. Guys, this is just the third episode of this podcast and I'm already filled with anxiety about all the responsibility I've brought on to myself. It was lovely having you all and if this was even remotely entertaining for you, I will see you next time. The maker of this podcast duly does need help finding a place in Bangalore. I'll be even if it's a year from now. Good on me for making a podcast that isn't at all offensive to certain groups possibly. I don't know. No landlords were hurt during the making of this podcast. Say the turtles. Stop drinking water.